Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the South Carolina High School Blitz on the SCVarsity.com radio network. All right. Sunday night means the Sunday drive with the South Carolina High School Blitz. I'm Jim Baxter from SCVarsity.com and joined by my good friend, Richie Altman from the low country of South Carolina and Southern Sports Central. Richie, how you doing, man? Did I lose you? I may have lost Richie, but he'll be back with us. So um, we have uh, got a lot to talk about tonight. Playoffs have started. The playoff brackets are out. Um, 2A is, is still not completed. They actually put out one that was completed and then um, took it down, high school league that is, took it down, and it's back up with Region 6 not filled out. Region 6 is not filled out because I guess they're still waiting on um, the ruling on uh, Oceanside Collegiate uh, and the, the violation. Richie, do I have you back with me? Yes, sir, I'm here. I don't know what happened. Your blog talk sometimes <laughs> drops calls for no reason no explanation whatsoever, so that's what I have. I was just talking a little bit about what we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, going to go over the um, playoff brackets. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the some of the big games we had this weekend that actually decided up some of these uh, playoff matchups. Supposed to have uh, Coach uh, Dean Boyd uh, from York High School, um, longtime Marlboro County athletic director, head coach, on with us. Uh, Dean um, is going to talk to us a little bit about the recruiting fair that they have at the north-south all-star game it's a great opportunity for a lot of the players that don't have offers yet they can go down and meet with um advisors and coaches and take their game film and their um highlights and their uh, transcripts and everything with them and meet with uh, officials from different schools that are down there and, and give them an opportunity to uh maybe get a financial package of some sort put together for them uh, scholarship if you will uh, to continue not just their football career, but to continue their education. But uh, how are you doing? You guys had a big game down in Somerville uh, this past week. Yeah, I tell you, you know, it started off good. 30th matchup between uh, Somerville, Fort Dorchester. Uh, Coach Pratt did, did what he normally does. I mean, he brought his A game. He brought, you know, a solid group of uh, coaches, a solid group of players. Somerville jumped up quick, though. It was 14 nothing first quarter. And, and then all of a sudden, you see the momentum going the other way. They score 14-7. Then Somerville puts up uh, about a 54-yard field goal. It, it was amazing to see uh, this kid uh, – Gregory kicked it for uh, a mile. I mean, he kicked it forever there, and it went right between the upright 17-14, uh, I think. It ended up being uh, at halftime. And then 
uh, Somerville, of course, uh, they, they struggled a little bit in certain areas. They were unable to do certain things. I don't want to say too much and give somebody that might be listening to game plan down the road as playoffs are here. But uh, it's one of those things that, that, you know, again, good teams, you know, come to battle great teams sometimes have to find ways to win. And right now you're looking at Fort Dorchester. These guys are good. I told you before, their defense is as anybody uh, around the state. And I think it would be – uh, a few weeks down the road to see maybe a Dutch fork in, in Fort Dorchester, but uh, it definitely uh, would be a heck of a matchup if these two teams uh, squared up. Yeah, and I think we're going to have a Midlands team that's going to be uh, driving down for a matchup with uh, Dutch Fork this week as uh, Lexington um, from Region 5 uh, lost uh, Friday night to River Bluff. Um, that, was, that game was for second place in the region, so River Bluff will get the Second spot, Lexington gets the third. They'll be traveling down to take on Fort Dorchester. And uh, I'm interested to see what's going to happen in that game. I think that, um, you know, neither one of them, you know, you, you can't do the transitional comparison because they don't play the same teams. They're different areas of the state, completely um, different style of coaching. And uh, it, I think that makes for good games, at least early part of the games, a good first halves of, of any of the playoff games. But I was going through the uh, scores, Richie, from, from Friday night, and just a couple of, of things that jumped out at me. In 2A, Batesburg-Leesville knocks off Saluda. Batesburg-Leesville, who struggled coming out of the gates this year, uh, ends up uh, grabbing second place in that region, which is one of the toughest regions in the state. Um, if you look at – they got Abbeville in there. They've got um, Saluda. Uh, they have uh, Batesburg, Leesville's in there, Silver Bluff, um, 96 down this year. But, uh, you know, they're usually one of the stronger teams. And uh, for Batesburg to fight back and, and finish second in the region uh, was, was pretty good. I saw, I saw Berkeley took care of business at Cane Bay. No big surprises there. Uh, elsewhere around the state, C.E. Murray really put it on Scott's branch. That was one that I was looking at. Dylan, um, you know, they seem to have recovered. Uh, well, from their loss to Ainer a couple of weeks ago, they take on Sherall. They beat Sherall 49-21. They're going to finish uh, number two in that region, and uh, and that was big for them. I think, um, you know, you mentioned the Fort Dorchester 35-17 win over Somerville. That was um, too bad for Somerville. Gaffney. Um, Gaffney is, is going to finish third <clears throat> in their region, but I'm going to tell you, they're more dangerous than, than any other three seed in the state, and they take care of business against Spartanburg 63 to 14 hard to believe that somebody's wow. beaten Spartanburg 63 to 14 Spartanburg is definitely uh down right now so uh but anyway a lot of great uh games Myrtle Beach of course gets their win over rival North Myrtle Beach 35 14 they're going to be a number one seed in 4a um you know RB Stahl you've, you've talked about Stahl 35 28 over Ashley Ridge Man, I thought Ashley Ridge was going to have a chance to finish, you know, maybe as high as third in that region this year, but they just kind of fell apart. Well, my understanding is, and I haven't got confirmation, you know, they've got uh, they've got the Duncan young man down there that's already committed to go play college ball somewhere, but I think he went down on an injury. And, again, when he's down, that changes the entire formation of this team. Say it what you will. I know they brought in uh, Coach Marion, who was the head coach over at West Ashley, an offensive genius. This guy can really run some plays. 
but you got to have some playmakers to run the plays, and, and they kind of struggle a little bit over there. If you think about it, you know, when you're competing day in and day out against the Somervilles, the Fort Dorchesters, they do see the Berkeley and that Goose Creek team that, that we'll talk probably a little bit here tonight as well. Uh, you know, that, that takes a toll on you. If you're not deep enough uh, on the bench, then it makes a very uh, tough season. And, by the way, you got to give Saul credit. They won their first game since 2017, beating Burke earlier this year. They gave uh, Fort Dorchester. They were leading Fort at halftime by two. They played Somerville well, uh, but they did pick up their first region win on, on Friday night, and that win actually was the win that knocked out uh, the team uh, over there at Ashley Ridge and brought in this West Ashley team that kind of surprises me that they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, it, it it does me too. And, um, I mean, it, it's really a surprise that a lot of these teams are making the playoffs, to be honest with you. Um, what, another low country score that um, – I don't want to say it's a shocker, and I really don't even want to call it a huge upset because both teams are so good. But Wade Hampton and Dr. Jerry Brown uh, getting the win over May River, 33-24, to 24, to win that region. And, um, you know, those, those two teams are two of the tougher lower state 3A teams. Lower state 3A is going to be a bear to get through this year. Yeah, it looks to be, you know, the one thing that I think we'll both agree on is that if you look at college, there's so many bowl games, it's kind of watered down, even though I love college football, so don't take it away, but it is what it is. You're seeing that a lot, you know, Jim, when you look at the playoffs. Everybody's making playoffs. Hemingway's hosting a playoff game, and here they are. Um, you know, I don't even know if they've got how many wins they've got. You've got that, West Ashley struggle to pick up a few wins. Oh, uh, yeah, Hemingway's 0-10. Um, and they're hosting a game. Let me tell you what happened with that. <clears throat> this is a reason they're hosting a game. This is the reason they're in the playoffs. That was a four-team region um, that they're in. And um, what happened was uh, Creek Bridge, who was, who was in that region, was absorbed by Marion High School. So Creek Bridge shut down. They absorbed by Marion High School, so that left three teams in that region. Well, they had three automatics because they were a four-team region. Um, well, Creek Bridge, Creek Bridge goes to Marion this year, leaves only three teams in the region, but they've already got the three automatic bids. So Hemingway, who finishes 0-10, obviously they're going to finish last, which is third in that region, gets an automatic playoff bid. So they got a home game uh, as an 0-10 football team, which, which shows you we got we got to do something about this playoff system. Right. I mean, to me, I mean, what do you gain out of it? And it's no different than you see some of these smaller schools go play these bigger schools in college where they're going and they're just getting annihilated. Well, at least those schools are getting paid. These high school kids are just saying they made the playoffs and then that's it. They get one more week of practice, I guess. They get to say they made the playoffs. But I've seen, you know, even the Sockasies make it and go play for Dorchester, get blown out, and, and then have to, you know, who could be seasoning injuries for a football player that plays basketball. That may end up correct, you know, fixing him in the basketball world. There's just so many things that maybe – I don't want to go back to a point system, but definitely go to a different system because what we have right now, it, it just kind of is, is flooding uh, the playoff system. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about that in just a little while. I put out an article um, this weekend called A Simple Plan uh, Part 2. Um, about eight, ten years ago, Richie, um, I did an article called A Simple Plan, and it was um, a proposal for a five-classification system in South Carolina and, and went over, even had it broken down by regions at the time where these, where these schools were at in terms of their 135 ADM numbers. And um, 
pushed it every year. I went, you know, on the radio, on TV, in the newspaper. I've just pushed pushed this thing for years. And finally, they adopted a five-class system that looks very similar to what, what I had originally proposed. And I think it's time for another simple plan. And and this time, we're, we're looking at the playoff system. And I've got a couple things. And, heck, I tell you what, I'm going to uh, – we'll take a quick break. And uh, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about it. I want to talk about these uh, these proposals because I think it's, this is something that really needs to be looked at. We have too many teams in the playoffs. We got too many teams that are are spending money unnecessarily uh, to go on the road and play in the playoffs. And we'll talk a little bit about the financial side of it uh, as well um, when we get back. But like I said, we're going to take a quick break from get, hear from our sponsors, and we'll come back talk talks and playoff systems it's calling your taste buds you know that delicious looking landmark that chocolate dip cone in the sky located in triangle city west columbia under it the legendary zesto where folks have come from miles around the last six decades to enjoy the absolute best zesto burgers sandwiches homemade slaw dogs and hot fudge sundaes all fast and fresh and friendly open monday through saturday 10 a.m till 11 p.m all right, if I step up, let me know. ZestoWestColumbia.com. All right. All right, I'm sorry. We're back. I, I was going to play a little bit of music there, but I want to get right back in here because we're going to be pushed for time tonight if, if uh, Coach Boyd calls us to talk about what he's got to talk about. Uh, so, anyway, so the playoff system that we currently have, um, obviously we, we've seen the uh, – the shortcomings of, of what we have right now uh, with too many teams in um, we, we have teams, Richie, there there's 24 teams uh, in the one, a bracket. They actually do a 24 team bracket. And of the 24 teams in 11 of them have losing records. There's 10 teams in the five, a bracket, the biggest classification in the state. And there's 10 teams in that bracket that do not have uh, winning Record. So, you know, it's it's amazing to me that, that uh, you know, that we're dealing with this. So, you know, when you look at you look at the playoff systems around the country, you're going to see uh, and, and as far as uh, reclassification and playoffs, we have 50 states and we've got like 54, 55 different systems that are out there. Now, we could have the same thing here. We've got we've got five classifications. We could have five different systems here because it's the classifications that actually determine this. I keep hearing people talk about the high school league and they need to do something about the playoffs. The high school league doesn't determine the playoffs. The high school league does the realignment, but it's up to each classification, how they want to do their playoffs. For instance, one, a does a 2014 bracket, but I just think, you know, when we, when we start talking about some of the teams that are in like this, you're chafing, uh, who, and listen, I love Justin Gentry. Justin Gentry is a great coach. Chapin's got a good program. They're doing good things over there. But the bottom line is they're four and six. They're one and three in the region. They got an at-large bid. You know, Blythewood in 5A. Also, they get an at-large bid. They're five and five, one and three in the region. You know, South Aiken gets an automatic berth. They get an automatic as a fourth team in their region. And they're two and eight on the season. Um, you know, it, it's it's crazy. And now we have Brooklyn K. This is another problem we have because of the at-larges. We have Brooklyn Casey and Buford, who are in the playoffs as one seeds. They're getting buys, 
And the reason they're getting a buy, because there were supposed to be three at-larges in the 4A lower state, is one of the at-large teams did not get their paperwork in time. They were like 10 minutes late getting their application for the playoffs in. So they were not selected as an at-large team. That was Crestwood, which is ridiculous. I mean, how difficult would it be to, to put them in the playoffs, you know? But yeah. the other the other situation was that the at-large team didn't want to play. They just didn't want to be in the playoffs. So you got two teams with a, you know, with an at, with a bye. Meanwhile, Laura Richland, who's the number one seed in 4A, uh, by the brackets, that's predetermined, um, they're having to play one of the at-large teams, Marlboro County. Now, the reason they're playing, the reason that they're playing instead of Brooklyn Casey and, and Buford is if if you look at the way that they they play the at-large teams into the playoffs, one of the criteria that they use is, uh, first of all, they can't be within the same region. They have to finish no lower than fourth in their region, which Marlboro County fits both of those. And then they try to place them uh, based on geography if they can, as close as they can. So Laura Richland was closer to Marlboro County than Brooklyn Casey or um, Buford in terms of mileage. So Laura Richland ends up having to play in the first round. Brooklyn Casey and Buford get buys. Brooklyn Casey doesn't want to buy. I talked to Coach Rusty Sharpie the other day. He don't want to hit. They want to play. They want the gate, but they're not going to get a gate because high school league's not allowing Crestwood in because their paperwork was ten minutes late getting there. So you know it's right. that needs to be changed. We're first of all we're devaluing the hard work that the teams who fight and work their butts off to finish as region champions or runners up. We're devaluing that work. You know, we're, we're devaluing the competition. We're devaluing what it means to get into the playoffs, making it mean something. Um, we And I even said in the article, we give out playoff spots like we give out cookies and juice to Little League kids after games. I mean, everybody gets it. <laughs> and, I mean, and it's crazy. Yeah. But uh, – and then, and then the other thing is – the other thing I point out, we're losing money. There, there are districts in this state that are losing money on the playoffs because it – because they're having to go on the road in that first round when they really shouldn't even be in the playoffs. Um, right. They got to they got to fill the tanks up on the buses. They got to feed these kids, and some of these teams are traveling a long way. Uh, for instance, um, Richland Hardyville is having to drive all the way to Gilbert to play Gilbert. Um, you've got, oh, wow. and they're they're gonna I guarantee you they're gonna lose money. You know, there's, they're not making any money on that game. Um, right. I, we mentioned Hemingway earlier. They're zero and ten hosting. I'll bet you money. I, w- I would bet that Hemingway doesn't make enough money on the gate on their game to pay the officials, wow. the, the clock operator, and security for the game. They're probably going to lose money mm. on a home playoff game when they shouldn't even they shouldn't even be in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think, Jim, they need to start really looking at. They're worried about so many other things that aren't broken, trying to change it around, and it's actually breaking it. And yet the things that they can control, the things that they need to control, the things that they need to go back and look at within the, the, the confines of the state, they're not even looking at. I mean, I, I could get into a couple of other things that they could get into, but right now we'll, we'll stay with the playoffs. But it, it's a system that needs to be tweaked from, from the top all the way to the bottom, and that's 5A all the way down to 1A. Yeah, it it it, it is. And, you know, so – Here's here's I had two proposals. I threw two two proposals there. I like the first one. Um, this is how it was back when I played. The first one is is proposal one is only the best, and what that is and that proposal 
We're only going to allow the region winners and the region runner-ups in the playoffs. Now, everybody complains about, well, you know, we lose a gate, okay? Well, we could add an 11th game to everybody's schedule. We're cutting out two rounds of playoffs by only allowing the region winner and region runner-up in. So you could add an 11th game to everyone's schedule. You could really add two. But if you add one and go to 11 games, that means they're going to get a contract, a home-away contract for the two-year realignment period. So they're going to get at least one gate out of that. And so – there's your there's your money that you would be actually it actually would help some teams because some teams are going to go on the road in the first round and they're going to lose not going to make any money and they're going to come back. This gives them a home game. They won't go to the playoffs, but it gives them an extra home game. So you know they they have opportunity to make some money, but only number one, only number two gets in. The argument against this, and I and I hear this every time I mention this proposal. Well, our third place team is better than their second place team. You know what? My answer to that is you're not entitled finishing your top two of your region. You know, that's, that's what I say, you know, and, uh, and, and that's really how it should be. Um, the second proposal, and, and, and this is really just to, to pacify some of the people who, who I, what I call the participation trophy generation, um, is, is called only the best plus eight. Okay. So in this proposal, um, I have, uh, the, Again, like the first one, only the region winner and region runner-up uh, going into the playoffs um, and th- with automatic bids. Then we allow eight at-large berths. That it'll be going to the next eight best teams. Now, there's two ways we can select those teams. Okay, One, we could, we could allow each region representative uh, for, for that classification – so, for instance, 5A would have eight representatives to, to vote on who the eight, at, eight at-large teams are going to be. And it would have to be – they would have to finish, obviously, in the top three of their region. And they would have to – and it would be based on record and everything. But those, those, they would vote on that. The other thing we could do is we could do uh, – go back to the point system only for the at-large teams. I don't – I'm not a fan of the point system, but I think you could do it with the at-large teams. Now, with the at-large teams in, in this proposal, neither upper or lower state are guaranteed half of the, lar- the at-large bids. The bids are going to go to the next best eight teams as voted on by the region reps or as determined by points. Um, there would be four buys if you did it this way because you're looking at a 2014 bracket. So the way you could do the buys is the regions would rotate uh, in each of the two years of realignment. So in other words, in the first year, um, in the upstate, Region 1 and Region 3 would get the buys. In the second year, in the upstate, Region 2 and Region 4 would get the buys. And that's how we, that's how we set up home field advantage, the, the home, uh, the predetermined home in the playoff brackets now is they rotate it each year. So that's not really no different than that. But, uh, you know, right. it's not rocket science. I mean, you know, and, and you know what? I Neither one of these proposals are perfect, but they're far better than what we have now. And I would like to see people discussing this. I'd like to see the ADs and the head coaches discussing this. 
You know, I think that's the answer. I mean, how much do they allow? How much does those guys in Columbia sit up there that may or may not have played the game, may or may not have coached, may or may not have had things to do? And I get that I've seen the pictures where there are coaches up there. I know the athletic directors go up there. I get it. But when it comes to certain things, they need to really listen to those who are in the middle of it, not those who were in it last, you know, like five, ten years ago. No, because it's a different situation today than it was yesterday. Again, you know, certain things they're allowing these coaches to do now are not do that they used to let them do type of thing. So, you know, I think that they allow coaches, Jim, to come in, sit down and listen to the coach. Get, get two, coach, two coaches from each region. Have a big lunch in. Sit down and talk to them. Let them tell everybody what they deal with because I promise you, I think you'll hear the same complaints from almost every coach that they deal with across the state. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, again, for, for the people that, that don't realize this, this is something that is decided on um, by the by the classifications. The high school league is not telling five A, hey, you gotta you gotta let in, you know, thirty two teams. They're not telling four A or three A they gotta do it a certain way. That's why that's why for years when we were in a four class system, uh, you'd see four A and and two um, A and one A would split for the playoffs in the two divisions and three, a never did it. Three, a decided they didn't want to do it. So three, a didn't do it. The, the, the high school league does not mandate that. So if five, a decided this year, you know what, next year, starting with next year's realignment, we're only going to let in number ones and number twos. They could do it. That's it's their decision. So, you know, it's something that, you know, that's, that they're going to have to seriously sit down and look at. I just think that it's ridiculous that we've got teams that are zero and 10 and, and, and four and six uh, getting in the playoffs. And and, uh, and you've got some, like I said, some of these rural teams that really don't – this is what gets me about the money, Richie. You've got teams that are going to spend districts that are losing thousands of dollars, okay? They're going to – they literally are losing thousands of dollars to travel for a playoff game, okay? Wow. Some of these districts, some of these districts that lose that money, they don't even have books for all their kids in the school. They've got classrooms that have 32 books or 30 books, and they leave them in the classroom. So each class that comes in, they have to share it. Meanwhile, the same school district is going to spend $1,500 or $2,000 for their team to go on the road in the first round of the playoffs with a two and eight record and get their brains beat in. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Uh, something's got to be done about it. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that the proposals that we put out there are uh, certainly better than, than anything we've got right now. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we'll come back on the other side. We're going to pull the brackets up. We're going to look at the top games around the state, and uh, we're going to try to do some predictions on South Carolina high school um, football playoffs. You're listening to the Sunday Drive on SCVarsity.com. Score big your next tailgate with one of Maurice's barbecue party specials, like Maurice's rib special. Two pounds of pulled pork cooked low and slow. A full rack of fall-off-the-bone ribs. Three big pints of southern sides. Ten rolls, a gallon of tea, and 18 ounces of Maurice's signature sauce. Feed ten for about six bucks a person. Now that's tailgate. More at Maurice'sBarbecue.com. Their pits have been hot since 39. Go team! That great smoke taste is cooking up for you at Maurice's Biggie Park Barbecue. ever get frustrated with your lawn maintenance problems or perhaps have some landscaping issues that you need to take care of, Windmill Services can help you out. They're not just a landscaping company. They offer a variety of services for all of your outdoor needs. 
You can hire them for one-time jobs like landscaping, design installation, irrigation installation or repair, sod installation, and even outdoor lighting services. They also are available for ongoing services like scheduled lawn mowings, landscape maintenance, and grounds maintenance. They've been providing professional outdoor services for 25 years to residential and commercial properties in and around the Columbia, South Carolina area. Give them a call today at 803-513-3662 or visit them on the web at windmillservices.net. More. You're listening to Jim Baxter and South Carolina High School Blitz on the SC Varsity Radio Network. Right, back in, and we're talking playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? You... Yeah, playoffs. <laughs> so, uh, Richie, we're going to – what I thought, thought we'd do is bring up the brackets and take a look. We're going to start with 5A and go through, mention some of these games and that, that I think are going to be interesting matchups uh, for Friday night and um, jump in any time and, and talk about any any game you want to talk about as I go through here. Um, but I'm going to mention every matchup. We got starting in the upstate 5A, Blythewood, who I mentioned earlier um, as an at-large team, coming in playing at Lawrence. Lawrence with a surprise season this year. Nation Ford um, going to Burns to play the Rebels. Uh, I tell you, this is – I don't think it's going to be a great game, but this Burns team, I know they lost to Dorman earlier uh, in the season, in regular season, but I think this Burns team is going to be – the team to watch in the upper state. Um, Woodmont at Sumter. Uh, Sumter Gamecocks finished unbeaten this year. Um, number one uh, seed uh, coming out of there, win, win their region in Region 4, 5A. Um, I, I think the Sumter team, Richie, because, because they happen to be in the Midlands and Dutch Fork is also in the Midlands, um, I think the Sumter team has quietly uh, gone unnoticed this year, but I mean, they're a very strong football team. I tell you, Mark Barnes has got a heck of a football team. This team's got, and I'd have to go back and look at my notes because I've got all these kids on paper, but I'm just going to throw this number out there. They've got at least seven, maybe eight division one prospects on that football team. Yeah. The fun part about this, and I grew up in Myrtle beach up there, went to Socrates. So I'm familiar with some of the game guys. We didn't play them in our region back in our day. They were always in that Columbia side. Uh, recently they've been in and out of that, that low country or excuse me, that grand strand PD region. Uh, but they're always fast. I mean, baseball, basketball, football, they've always had good athletes all over that school and not surprised that these guys are still doing things and in a great position. I mean, if you want to be a guy in the playoffs, you want to be that undercover kind of guy. I mean, Goose Creek's kind of that down here on this side of there, of course, is Sumter. But there, again, they've always got a defensive end that's really fast. He looks like Jadavion Clowney. It seems like every year they just reload that position. And then a quarterback that cannot usually only run it. He can throw it. And then a running back that can kind of make you pay for things. And then there's fast receivers on the outside. So, you know, again, I, I like the fact that the Sumter's kind of right where they are. Nobody talking about them, but the Gamecocks, uh, this is one Gamecock here in the state that you'll probably hear a little bit more out of. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you, listen, they got, they've got a quarterback that nobody's talking about that, that's an outstanding quarterback. Their backup quarterback's good. Their backup quarback's going to play yeah. college football, I guarantee you. 
Um, they've got two wide receivers um, that are uh, Division One uh, already have Division One offers and committed. Um, they've got uh, a defensive back that's committed to South Carolina. They've got a defensive end that's a junior that has got I don't know seven, eight uh, Power Five offers right now. Um, it, it's just a, a team that needs to be watched. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna end up probably, you know, in the third round, uh, seeing seeing one of these other teams, a, a Dorman or a Burns. Uh, next in line, they got Gaffney at Rock Hill. Um, man, I tell you what, if, if I'm Rock Hill, I do not want to see Gaffney in the first round of the playoffs. And um, it, it's uh, this Gaffney team is better than their record indicates. They've got uh, Stan Ellis back, a defensive back and wide receiver for them. He's been out uh, for six weeks with injury. He came back last week and tore it up. Um, Jamari Littlejohn, um, all-state linebacker commitment to Appalachian State, is out towards ACL. But his younger brother, Damari Littlejohn, is, has stepped up as a wide receiver. And I'm telling you, between he and Ellis, they're very dangerous. This is a team that could go on the road to Rock Hill and win that game. Uh, Greenwood at Dorman. Uh, I don't think Greenwood's got anything for Dorman. Westside at Spring Valley, that's another situation where I don't know how a team like Westside's going to make money uh, in the playoffs traveling down here to Spring Valley. But that's a, that's a game that's winnable for them. Spring Valley is, uh, has a way of, of making mistakes and, and putting the ball on the ground. And if they do that, uh, you, you know, and you can't afford to do that with good teams. You can't afford to do that in the playoffs. Bowling Springs at Clover, another, another team. I don't understand how they got in the playoffs, but they're going to Clover and they'll be packing up equipment on Monday morning. Um, Malden at T.L. Hannah, that should actually be a pretty good matchup. I think this is another situation where the, the traveling team could actually win this game. So that's a look at the upstate. Um, lower state, I'll talk about one. You can talk about the low country teams. Chapin at Dutch Fork, I, this game shouldn't even happen. Chapin's that large. They've already played Dutch Fort once, Dutch Fort won handily, and the uh, th- same thing's going to happen again. Wando at Conway. Talk about that one for a minute. Wando's down in your neck of the woods, and you're familiar with Conway. Well, you know, this is this is an interesting one. I'm actually breaking that down as we speak. That's, that's pretty funny. So Conway comes in here, and, and Somerville scrimmages these guys every year in the preseason. So I get a chance to see uh, Coach Terry come down. He played it, uh, at Conway. He's a good guy. Uh, his son is the starting quarterback. Uh, has a chance to do some big things. They've always got fast receivers, good running back. But these teams are very similar because you're not sure what team is going to show up. Wanda's the same thing. Wanda's got this kid, uh, Braden Pritchard, over here, home for over 1,600 yards, got about 16 or so touchdowns in the air. They've got a kid back there in the backfield. If they can open up that passing game, Jaden Singleton, who I watched him run against Somerville, looked really good, really fast. Uh, has a chance if he gets around the corner because you do not understand the words. Don't run up the middle because there's that D1 committed to South Carolina uh, talking him and wait, waiting on you. Okay, that, and that's going to be the chess match is this huge line from Conway led by that Division One already committed to the Gamecocks. Hemingway, with that line, if they can put the press on, uh, and, and you've seen Goose Creek able to shut that down. You've seen Berkeley shut it down this year. So if they watch a little bit of that film, it could be a long night for Wando, of course, uh, as they'll see Conway. But this one, actually, because these two teams are so identical in who's going to show up, who's not, this may be one of the best games in 5A across the whole state. And the prize that goes to the winner, they get Dutch Fork in the second round. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then and, and then they will be packing their stuff up to follow the following. Yeah, they'll be packing their stuff up. Uh, Lexington, Lexington at uh, Fort Dorchester. I'm very familiar with Lexington. Um, I know somebody over there, uh, and uh, it's my alma mater. <laughs> and I think that listen, I, listen, they're going to be unmatched. I mean, Lexington um, is one of those teams that. They're very unassuming. You know, when you watch them warm up, you look at them and say, yeah, you know, we're, we're probably going to blow them out. And then you get on the field with them, and they just – they're relentless, and they don't make mistakes. They're very well coached. Um, they don't have – they don't really have a dynamic player on their football team. But I'd take every one of them. Uh, you know, they're going to Fort Dorchester to take on a, a very tough Fort Dorchester team. That a, guy, a team that's got a two-quarterback system. they got a freshman quarterback – uh, that if he doesn't make mistakes, is capable of being one of the best in the state on any given night. Um, you know, they've, they've got a defensive uh, – the, the front two-thirds of their defense is awesome. You know, they got a defensive line is, is awesome. Their, their linebackers hit hard. Um, but I, I do think this is going to be a fairly good matchup. I think if Fort Dorchester is going to watch Lexington's film and, and probably – uh, underrate them, and uh, Lexington will come in and surprise some people. Yeah, you know, this is one I'm interested in. You and I have already talked about this. Once this game kind of came out, we figured it out on Friday night. We talked a little bit after I got off the air doing the Somerville game against Fort Dorchester. Uh, it, it is, as advertised, like I tell you, this is going to be a big matchup in so many ways. You mentioned that they've got a young quarterback over there that has really done a good job. He's, he's a 14-year-old quarterback. His name is Zoltan. Osborne. Now, he started uh, for the second week in a row uh, over there, and he went, what, 9 for 14, I think 155 yards. But the story of the game for me wasn't that quarterback. It was a senior quarterback. They had to rely on a guy that's very similar said to carry on Joyner. And, and I give DeAndre Saab uh, credit. This kid, his legs alone opened up that threat, and then they were able to put this running back back there, and he had a big night, uh, number 23, uh, did really well, able to kind of counterbalance. And then they kept running the bubble and the bubble, and they ran another bubble. So, uh, they showed us some things that think that weren't on film that we were able to kind of see because of what you can put out there uh, on different avenues. But uh, Kirsten Pratt, again, he went into halftime down by three and still came out in, in the defense. Like you mentioned, they've got a defensive front maybe as good as anybody they, they've seen minus what they'll see from Dutch Fork, but very good, very well disciplined and organized football that uh, Friday night, it, it could be a good one for a little while. I just think, I think Fort Dorchester has got too much talent on the second level and maybe even on the third level, because, you know, when I talked to coach the Pratt, you know, and he said this very humbly, he said, man, I'm, I, I've got a problem, but it's a good problem to have. I just, I'm loaded with, with a lot of kids and getting them in and out of here is, is tough. And I started thinking, that's a little bit like Clemson. They're two, three deep, and some of these second and third string kids would be starters anywhere else in the Low Country. Well, Lexington's about point five deep, so um, it'll be it'll be <laughs> interesting to see to see how that turns out. Um, West Florence at Berkeley. I, I don't, you know, West Florence is one of those teams that when they show up to play football, uh, I think they're going they can be very competitive. I don't think they have anything on the road for Berkeley. I think Berkeley moves on. Kane Bay at Carolina Forest. Carolina Forest with one of the top quarterbacks. I, I feel the second or third best quarterback in the state of South Carolina and Mason Garcia. We had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think Carolina Forest wins that game. West Ashley at River Bluff. I can tell you right now, West Ashley is going to see the best running backs that they've seen all year. River Bluff is loaded. They got two running backs, um, Braden Walker. Uh, who is a Shrine Bowler. Um, they've got uh, a junior, uh, Riley Myers, who is a mirror image of Braden Walker. 
and just a year younger. And um, I tell you, they're they're a very dangerous football team on the ground. They're not that great in the air. Um, if you can manage to slow them down on the ground, you have a shot. I haven't seen anybody do it yet this year other than Dutch Fork. Uh, South Florence at Goose Creek. Uh, I like Goose Creek in that game. Lugolf Elgin at Somerville. We'll talk about that one for a second because you're obviously very familiar with Somerville. Um, Lugolf Elgin's sure. coming to town, and, and Lugolf is one of those teams that did not have a great season. In fact, in the preseason, I did not expect them to win a region game. Now, because of the tiebreakers and everything, they end up um, finishing uh, third in their region um, and on the road at Somerville. And this team, Richie, is not a very good team offensively, but they're really surprising on defense. I mean, they've got a very good defense. I mean, they they played everyone that they have played, including Sumter. They played very well on the defensive side of the football. Bill Bacon's over there as a defensive coordinator. Uh, Matt Campbell, of course, the head coach, former Gamecock. Um, very well-coached football team. They just don't have a lot of talent, but they play above their talent, and they overachieve. And I think that Somerville – I think Somerville wins this football game, but I tell you, I think Somerville's going to be surprised uh, at the defense that they face. Yeah, this is going to be the fun matchup. Again, you have a Coach Bivey who we've been very fortunate. We've been in Somerville when I call the games on Friday night that we've got a young quarterback, but he's mindful-wise. He's getting better every week. He actually didn't do bad this past week. You know, they just countered us in, in areas that we didn't maybe expect. I'm not sure. But Somerville's going to come at these guys with three different running backs that run three different ways. What I mean is that they have their own styles. We have a Jerome Bettis that out there. We have a Marcus Lattimore. And then we got this kid looks like Dunn that's able to kind of do a whole different ball game, And that's very uh, – it's unheard of. And then you have a quarterback that's a dual threat. This kid can throw it. He hits – uh, a kid, uh, Brody Hopkins, committed to play baseball at the College of Charleston in stride. I mean, put it right in his breadbasket between two defenders. So that's going to be the fun part. But like you mentioned, this other team, they're aware that they have a very good defense. They don't give up a lot. So you're going to have to make the best you can. But here's where I think Somerville is going to have their leg up. Braden Gregory, their kicker, drained one for about 50-plus over the weekend, somewhere, well, 45 to 50. That's huge. The special teams over at Somerville have really stepped up. And then the defense, led by Luke Taylor, the defensive back, and they've got a kid that plays uh, in the secondary. Both of these two kids are kind of competing for who's going to get the most turnovers. And they force you to make the play, and they force you to hold on tight to the ball because the takeaways that these guys have, it's almost a fun competition. There's about four guys right now that are charting it. Every time they come back to the clubhouse, they just put another number down. All right. Um, Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to talk 4A football. And um, I want to try to wrap up 4A uh, quick enough that we can – I want a few minutes to talk about the charter school thing. There was so much activity on my Twitter account today debating with people about the charter schools and, and Oceanside Collegiate and Gray Collegiate and Legion Collegiate and, and all these charter schools. And, and I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. And uh, I want to get into that just a little bit Um before we finish this show, wrap this show up, we'll we'll discuss 3A, 2A, 1A uh, on Wednesday night, uh, and but we'll finish up 4A tonight. Now, uh, message from the sponsors, we'll be right back after a short break. If you have roofing or construction needs, call Pac-Men Contracting, LLC. Roofing, rebuilds, remods, and additions, Pac-Men Contractors can do it all. A veteran-owned company, licensed, bonded, and insured, 
Call 803-363-0739. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or taking home a bucket of the best fried chicken known to mankind, the one place you can get it all is Zesto in West Columbia. And they've been serving the freshest made-to-order Zesto burgers, hot fries, homemade coleslaw, and delicious hand-spun shakes and desserts for the last 65 years. Man, that's a lot of milkshakes and a lot of smiles. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. till 11 p.m. ZestoWestColumbia.com Listening to the Sunday Drive, Jim Baxter from SCVarsity.com, joined by Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central and the Low Country of South Carolina. Van Halen coming back in, man. Richie, I tell you, that was one of my favorite concerts when I was coming up, uh, going to see Van Halen, Carolina Coliseum, and um, I saw them at their last uh, their last tour too. But I, I'll tell you a Van Halen story. I saw um, Black Sabbath back in seventy. Five, maybe seventy-six, and um, they had an opening band for them, and the band was incredible. The band was called Mammoth, and they were incredible. And they had this young guitar player that played this incredible guitar. They just slayed it. Did things with the guitar I've never seen done before. And the guitar was red right. and it had stripes all over it. Mammoth was Van Halen. They released their first album the year after that. And uh, I mean, it was an incredible concert. But anyway, back to back back to four A football. Now we got the four A brackets. Four um, A again had some problems uh, this week with the at larges. There were some people unhappy over at Lawrenceson High School um, about the way they did the buys. Now one of the things I don't understand, you know, I was talking to Coach Barr. They they were upset about Brooklyn Casey and Buford getting a buy. And when I mentioned, well, Brooklyn Casey wants to play, I'd want to play. If I'm coaching, I want to play. I don't want to. I don't want a week off. I want the gate, and I want my kids playing. And they said, "Oh, well, we want to play." Well, then, what are you complaining about? I mean, <laughs> if, if you want to play, why are you complaining about not getting a buy? Anyway, four A Upstate. Um, you know, we we talk a lot. I think four A Upstate is going to be very interesting, very competitive when we get to the third round of this thing. Palmetto's at Greenville. Uh, Greenville's a team that. You know, I think is um, probably surprised a lot of people this year. Um, you know, Coach Porter left Hillcrest last year and went to Greenville, and he's, you know, he he managed to take Hillcrest, who who was a team in the doldrums of high school football, to a state championship and won it. Uh, so I I think that the people of Greenville think that they've got a gym and, and Coach Porter, and I think that uh, um, they're expecting to win this game, this first round game, and see this team make some noise in the playoffs. York at Belton Honeypath. Um, I tell you, York is just right now not an extremely talented team. They're, they're, they've lost a lot of players. they got seven players. I was talking to Coach Boyd about this because we were talking about recruiting one day. And um, they have seven players that are supposed to be playing for York High School that are starters on other teams. Um, and they left 
and I think I mentioned this to you in the first week, one of those one of those players is an all-state player playing linebacker for Myrtle Beach. Um, Greer at South Point, Greer I expected to be much better than they are this year. They are actually um, not, and they're taking on a South Point team that is firing on all cylinders right now. I think South Point's going to be one of those one of those two or three teams that are going to be the teams to beat in this upstate. Orangeburg Wilkinson uh, at Wren. I think it could be a good matchup, Orangeburg Wilkinson, with a young quarterback and a freshman running back that's been doing great things. But they're taking on a Wren team as well, coached with Coach Tate. And, um, they've got, they're loaded at the wide receiver position. Their quarterback um, has put up big numbers because of the wide receivers they've got. They've got a good running back um, that I think is is probably underrated. I've got him ranked number seven in the state in the upstate running backs and number 14th overall in the state. So he's he's pretty good. Uh, Lancaster at Daniel. I, I like Daniel's one of the favorites. Um, I think Daniel's probably got the most dynamic player in the upstate 4A um, in Tyler Venables. I think that uh, he is one of the best athletes in the state of South Carolina. He's going to play safety for Clemson, but he's playing quarterback for these guys, and, and he's dangerous. Uh, Westwood at East Side. This is going to be a good game. East Side is a very strong passing team. Uh, West Westwood got a good defense, and they're a, they're a team that also like to pass. They got two really good wide receivers. Um, uh, Cam Atkins has, has just come on late in the season and become one of the best, uh, more dangerous offensive players in the Midlands area. Travels Rest at Ridgeview. Uh, Travels Rest, a much improved football team uh, than they have been in the last decade, but uh, they're going to a Ridgeview team that I think has got one of the best defensive fronts uh, in the state, and uh, that's going to be tough. I like Ridgeview in this game. I skipped right over Wahala and AC Floor. AC Floor, I think, has got one of the best defenses in the Midlands, and um, I don't think Wahala is going to win a road game at AC Floor. Um, Lower State, Marlboro County at Lower Richland. I've talked a little bit about that. I don't think Lower Richland has any trouble with Marlboro County. Colleton County at Airport. You're familiar with Colleton County. Um, how you, what do you think? Uh, how do you think they fare in this first round? Are they a playoff contender? Well, you know, yeah, I think they are. I mean, you have to look at Coston County. I understand that they're three and six, but they play a very weird. Uh, I, I'd say region over there. I think they're they're stuck over there in region seven four a over there. Of course, uh, they're one and two in the region. They lost to Buford over the weekend, thirty one twenty one. But it's again, there's so many teams here in the Low Country that one week they'll win by twenty, the next week they'll come in here and they'll lose by ten, they'll lose by fifteen. So it just depends what 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 team shows up up there. Athletic-wise, you won't find it. And, and this is something a lot of coaches down here will agree with you. In the low country, Constant County is locked and loaded full of athletes over there in the school. Just getting them out there on the field, getting them to do what needs to be done, that's kind of the challenge they have. But, uh, again, I'm not sure what college and county uh, team they're going to show up. That kind of determines who wins it. Yeah, I think, you know, they're playing airport. And airport's one of those teams. They're, they're, they're dangerous. Airport's got a team that – um, they, you know, they got some all-stars on that team. They got a quarterback that's pretty good. They got one of the best wide receivers in the state in uh, Nanders Lawrence. He goes by Butch, Butch Lawrence. And um, I just think I just think this team is, is probably underrated. They lost to their rival, Brooklyn Casey, Friday night, which gave Brooklyn Casey the region championship. 
Um, but this airport team is dangerous. Um, longtime uh, coach over there, Kurt Burnett, does a good job with that program, and I think it's going to be a good game. Lakewood at Myrtle Beach. Listen, I don't even know how we talk about that game. Myrtle Beach going to win that game hands down. <laughs> North Myrtle Beach at North Augusta. North Myrtle Beach at North Augusta could actually be a pretty good game, and that could be another game that we see the road team win. North Augusta is, is down this year, not as not playing as good as they have in the past. I think they've, they've lost some athletes to attrition. Um, and uh, I just think that uh, because of that, North Myrtle Beach has got a chance in this game. Brooklyn Casey gets a bye. Wilson uh, will travel to Hilton Head. I'm going to tell you right now, if I was Hilton Head, I would not want to see Wilson in the first round of the playoffs. Wilson is a team that if they show up to play football, they're as good as any other 4A team in the state. Now, they had they had Myrtle Beach on the ropes in the first half of their game and then just fell apart in the second half. Myrtle Beach came back and won that football game. But they, they were on their way to an upset win over Myrtle Beach. Uh, Buford gets a bye. Uh, South Aiken at Hartsville. Um, I think South Aiken uh, goes to Hartsville and lays an egg. Um, any of those lower state games other than Colleton County interest you, Richard? Yeah, I'm just kind of curious. Isn't the team Hilton Head you mentioned that they just won their way in the playoffs Friday night? That Christian Miller's their their big time defensive back kid that I think already he's heading to the Shrine Bowl. Is that the same 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 team I'm thinking about down there? Same, yeah, that's the same team. Um, you know, they're uh, uh, they're they're very good, um, very good football team. I mean, they're well coached. Right, um, Christian Miller. Um, you know, one of the top DBs uh, in the state, clearly. Um, you know, they've got a uh, – you know, one of the players that's underrated for that team that you just don't see a lot about is they got a quarterback, right. um, Gaston Moore. Uh, he's strong, uh, armed kid, athletic. He's, he's more of a pro-style um, passer and can throw a deep ball, but, but he's mobile enough to extend plays. And um, – Throws the long ball really nice. I mean, he can he can throw a really good long ball. Um, you know, he runs a good you know runs good RPO, uh, makes good decisions with the football, and um, he's got some FCS interest in him. I think he's a he's a kid no one's talking about, but but I think that he could be heck he could actually be the difference uh, in that football game this weekend when they see Wilson. Wilson, of course, has a quarterback that's very good. Um, you know, they're they're very athletic. Um, very physical football team. So, uh, like I said, I, I would not, if I'm Hilton Head, I would not want Wilson to be my first-round draw. That's not a typical first-round draw. Um, but they're, because they're good, Wilson, plays, yeah, Wilson plays in such a tough region that, uh, you know, they ended up, you know, in the third having to go on the road. So, um, but anyway, so before we, before we get out of here, um, I wanted to talk a little bit, Richie, about the charter. Uh, school situation and because there was so much activity on my Twitter account today and it felt like, and listen, people are, people are talking to me um, that about defending um, Chad Greer, you know, and defending OCA. And I'm not defending these guys. I'm just saying, get your information right. You know, um, I'm not defending them at all. If, listen, if if Oceanside Collegiate played kids um, that they shouldn't have been playing, that you know that were uh, went over the four quarters allowance, uh, dressed in two games on the same week against Phillip Simmons, they should have to forfeit the game. That's not going to change the standings in that region. They still beat Timberland the following week. So I'm not defending them in that respect. I'm defending them in the respect that I, I 
continue to have people get on here and say, um, you know, they're you know the charter schools are recruiting. The charter schools are you know recruiting kids from the other schools, and and I've given them ample opportunity to tell me who who tell me who's recruiting, name them, and tell me what kids they're recruiting. Because if you look at Oceanside, and I'm just going to use them for an example, they don't have a kid on that football team that started anywhere else in the Low Country. And right. you know, and so so you so tell me tell me. Who's recruiting? I'm not tell. I'm not saying you're not accurate. I'm just saying, tell me if you got information, give it to me. You know, give it to the high school league. But uh, right. So you, I, you mentioned I, a good point though, Jim, because if you think about it, I didn't mean to cut you off, but if you think about it, he's got kids, and I can speak on a running back that he's got over there. He was not a starter in Somerville. He was not a starter anywhere else he went, but he is the leading rusher down here, Keegan Williams. He had to, they they were off this weekend, so he'll finish the regular season with. 1,364 yards, 29 touchdowns. They've got a quarterback. He was born in, 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 in Mount Pleasant, but if you research where the school is located, it's in Mount Pleasant. So why wouldn't you go to the school that you could be, I guess, get the best opportunity at? Isn't that what it's all about? He does a, a good job. He's thrown for 22 touchdowns and over 2,000 yards. I mean, you're talking about a one-two punch, one up in the air, one down on the ground. And, of course, they've got a receiver sitting over there just catching it as well and Walker Roo, who's got – 645 yards and eight touchdowns. Again, I don't want to label these kids as, as, as the kids nobody wants or the land of the misfits, but if I was Chad, you and I have talked about this. I've talked about this with Chad as well. Say, look, he's got a lot of kids. He's like Steve Spurrier to some degree, so I know a lot of people are rolling their eyes. But Steve Spurrier took Connor Shaw, who came in as a three-star. He walked out of here stud. He walked out of here five stars doing the things he did, setting records. Again, we would have never heard about this kid possibly, not given the right coach to the right player. And that's a very important thing. If you don't believe me that the coaches have to match the players, you saw what happened an hour ago at Florida State. They have five-star kids all over the field. There's no reason this guy couldn't find a way to win. But Chad Greer brings out the best in a lot of these young kids that may not have even had an opportunity or had, you know, the, the, the know-how how to get it done the way they've done this year. Yeah, he, he does. And, you know, I had another guy. That, and listen, they, it's like they come out of the woodworks. You know what? If they want to come at me, come at me, man. I mean, priest Chad up. He can focus on the game this week. But, you know, my thing is, is that, you know, I had another coach that was saying, well, you know, the charter schools should play by the same rules. Well, they do play by the same rules. They've got the same rules. I, I want to clear this up. People say, people think that charter schools can take kids from all over the state their first year of existence. That is not true. The rule is, what they can do is they can take kids from anywhere in the state, doesn't have to be their attendance zone, as long as they are there the first day that the school opens, the, the opening day right. of the school, okay? And I'm not meaning the school year. I mean the first day that school opens. Those kids can come from anywhere in the state. If they come at any other time during that first year of existence, they have the same transfer rules they have to abide by as any other member school of the South Carolina High School League. That's that's a fact, all right? So they can't – that's one thing to sell. So the other thing is they say, well, follow, they got to follow, follow the same rules. They're, they're held to the same standards on recruiting and anything else. If you've got information on them recruiting kids, you need to report it because they're held to the same standard as everyone else. I had a coach that mentioned, well, you know, they have – and this one cracks me up. They've got – Un, they've got unfair competitive advantages. Okay. So my answer to that is 
which advantages are you referring to? Are you referring to not having facilities? Are you referring to have to play on the road all the time? Are you referring to not having a weight room for your kids? Which advantage is it that you're pointing to? I mean, because none of those are advantages. So, and so the guy comes back and he says, well, they can lease facilities. They lease, they, they, they rent really nice facilities. I'm like, how in the hell is that an advantage that you're having to rent a facility? So I asked him, I said, do you, do you guys rent a facility? So you rent a facility at your, at your uh, institution. Oh no, we got our own. Well, there you go. They don't have an unfair, it's not an advantage that your school has to go pay money. So you've got somewhere to play. And um, I, I wish that some people could make that trip down here and see what Chad Gers had to go with. Because before he got to the school they're at now, they had to go almost to McClellanville to have the school. They have had the facilities that were nowhere near. I, I don't know where they're, they're getting their numbers from. Again, not everything you read on the Internet is true. I know that's a slogan, and that's all it is is a slogan. Because the guys that live in the upstate, the guys that live in other places around anywhere in the low country, and even if you're here in the low country, if you've not ventured over to Oceanside, Go introduce yourself. They would love to have you on campus. I've made it to campus. I can tell you what's over there. It's nowhere near as nice as what's at Wando. It's nowhere near as nice as what you see at Berkeley or Goose Creek or even West Ashley, for that matter. Of course, you know, Fort Dorchester and Somerville has their own things. But help me understand their weight room. I've walked in their weight room. Their weight room is about the size of, of maybe maybe th- two bathrooms together. It's an extremely small weight room that they have. So where, what are they renting? I don't understand that concept, and I'm glad you touched on this because I spoke to the gray coach, uh, gray uh, collegiate coach up there in Columbia uh, yesterday, uh, and, and again, same thing. Guys, if you don't like what they're doing, play them. That's what we were taught as kids all the time is, look, play the best. If you think they're the best, then play them, and then that'll shut all this up. Listen, nobody, listen, nobody, nobody, nobody <laughs> gave a rat's ass about charter schools until they started winning in football. Nobody cared about these schools. Do you ever hear anybody right. complain about James Island? Hell no. Nobody nope. complained about James Island. You never hear anybody <laughs> complain about Calhoun Falls? No, you never hear anybody. Because you know why? Because you're not winning. These guys came in. Right. Uh, they took their bumps the first couple of years. They got their these kids' brains beat in, playing the schedule they played, on the road, every game. And you know what? Through good coaching, um, and, yes, they've had kids come to their school that have moved to their district as legal transfers that are playing there that were not playing at the previous schools they were at, and now they're winning. So now everybody's complaining about it. And I just don't – I don't right. I don't get it. You know, if you, if you hate them, play them, you know, play them. You know, I think, it, I think it's simple. your responsibility as a coach. It's your responsibility as a coach to make sure the kids in your program want to play for you. And that's just how I feel. I mean, if, if, if they don't want to play for you, there's a reason they don't want to play for you. Either they're not playing or you're doing something that makes a kid not want to play for you, you know? And, uh, and I think that's it. Well, Richie, I know you got somewhere to be and uh, we are up against the uh, time again, but uh, it's been a great uh, show. Appreciate you joining me. I'm looking forward to another week's playoffs. We'll, we'll be back on Wednesday. You're going to join us on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm good to go, man. Looking forward we'll to be, it. By then, we'll have a few new headlines. Yeah, we'll be back on Wednesday uh, with the South Carolina High School Blitz, and uh, we'll be going over the um, 3A, 2A, 1A brackets and taking calls. Anybody wants to call in and get their voice. It's amazing. I put it up on Twitter for these guys that were arguing with me today to call in and let's talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. Cricket. They want, they want, nah. to, they want to do it on Twitter. 
Call Keyboard me. Warriors, up, man. man. Those are the best ones. It's, those are the yeah. guys. It's like being uh, Clipboard Jesus, man. It's the best quarterback is the backup quarterback. And the best guest you got, well, he's a guy that's on the other side of that phone pushing buttons. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we hear it all the time here. We've been doing this a long time. That's it. Well, man, I appreciate it. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us on the South Carolina High School Blitz Sunday Drive version. I'm Jim Baxter from SCVarsity.com. He's Richie Altman from Southern Sports Central, and we will be back Wednesday. Have a good week. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.